Hello, everyone. My name is David Apple, head of the SaaS and software vertical here at Sage Intact and host of this, the Modern SaaS Finance Podcast. We created this for you, CFOs, controllers, heads of FP&A, RevOps, just members of the finance community and fast-growth SaaS companies. We discuss so many things, subscription usage, billing models, RevRec, metrics, forecasting, just the key functions you need to know and driving the cash flow and trajectory of your firm on this path to IPO and beyond. Uh, another amazing session. Uh, I hope you enjoy this session as much as I know. Um, uh, just a, an incredible leader. Uh, Siddharth is this, uh, Kakar is the CEO of Subscript. And Siddharth is a multi time. He's lived through this. He knows, like, if you're, if you're the head of finance and he knows the pain that your CEOs and leaders have gone through. And that's actually what led him to building his next great, great company that he's part of, uh, Subscript. But an amazing back time at Carnegie Mellon and then an MBA from uh, Northwestern's Kellogg School of Business. And uh, so all this combined, he actually has his own podcast where he brings a lot of advice and stories of peers. I'm so excited to have him on ours today. Siddharth, do you want to build a little bit more about who are you and who's Subscript? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, of course. So I, as you mentioned, this is, uh, this is sort of my second company doing this. Well, not sort of. It is my second company doing this. Uh, and the reason I started this company is in the process of building my last company, Freckle Education, up to about 40 million in ARR, I have this problem all the time, which is around collecting subscription revenue data can be super, super hard. And so we went through just an extremely painful process of um, everything from reporting to the board to making decisions around how do we staff the sales and success teams, all the way to like, how do we think about efficiency metrics, and especially and including at the acquisition time, we had to figure so much of this stuff out from scratch and uh, it just felt like there has to be a better way uh, and so I set out to go build that better way and that's what we're doing at Subscript. He has lived your pain <laughs> and <laughs> is trying to build something uh, uh, to help resolve it so let's just start jumping into the questions because folks are trying to think about tech stack and your culture and your team why is it important for everyone on the leadership team, CFOs, CROs, and CEOs to understand their SaaS metrics? It's the difference between uh, flying blind versus actually knowing what's going on. You know, so without understanding your SaaS metrics, you can't really build a subscription business. If you don't have a really good grasp on not only what is your net revenue retention or gross customer retention or gross revenue retention, but understanding the difference between your trailing 12-month net revenue retention versus your monthly net revenue retention versus your quarterly one, or really understanding how your enterprise segment does in terms of customer retention versus your SMB segment. Unless you understand your information, your business at that level of depth, you're going to be making decisions based on not enough information. And when it comes to your, your company that you, you're spending all this time building, your career that you care about, uh, your employees, your customers, don't you owe it to yourself to be able to actually know what's going on in order to make calls rather than just sort of like doing it um, arbitrarily? Um, so that's why I think it's so critical to understand those SaaS metrics. 
I know it seems like, oh, that's just stuff that like investors care about or whatever, but it's actually, it actually does help you figure out what's working and what isn't. And that is really the key to actually building a great business, being able to listen to the data or read the data and knowing exactly what it's telling you, um, and then being able to actually translate that into what is your next strategic move, whether you should launch that one big feature that you've been thinking about or launch in a new market that you were considering or uh, target a new use case or user persona that you were thinking about. All those things, you can't just make it based on you know what your gut. You have to do it based on actually what's, what the market and your business and your metrics are telling you. Mm-hmm. I know all uh, so many of you, I'm sure, just picturing how you try to pull it together because I have so many conversations with your peers and doing it in spreadsheets and not exactly sure what data is accurate and and uh, can you truly trust it? Do you want to put it in front of the board? And so, you know, how does doing this strategically benefit the company? Yeah, um, I think when it comes to so there's there's like the basics of um, if you hope to, you know, IPO one day or get acquired one day, you're going to have to share some of these things right in your roadshow. Uh, people are going to be curious about what the retention looks like, or certainly at least what the efficiency of your business looks like, or if a big acquirer comes knocking and they're wanting to do due diligence to give you that big offer, they're going to want to know things like where, um, which segments of your customers are doing well and which ones aren't and how does that result in the synergies that they're looking for. And if you're not able to answer some of those questions, you're going to be starting on the back foot because you're going to look like someone who doesn't have a great handle on their business. Uh, We've had many of our customers where the CEOs, when they went out to fundraise, the fact that they used Subscript meant that they had answers to all the questions immediately. And that just made them look so much more put together. That made them look like they knew what they were doing. And guess what, like investors want to invest in and people want to buy businesses where the operators know what they're doing. That shouldn't really be a surprise, right? So there's that part of it, which is around, you know, sort of the the corporate structure part of it. But then there's the questions around like on a day-to-day basis, you have to make a lot of calls. We have, have, you know, Subscript is not that old, but we still have to make these calls of, um, there's a big sort of product direction that we think that there's a need for. But the question is, is that a product direction that we should be going in or we're thinking about uh, should we be targeting some of the you know up market sort of segment of our customers or some of the more sub smb segment of our customers and to answer some of these questions you need to be able to a- ask yourself um, when we've done similar things as far as product decisions how did that impact our upsell rate or our net revenue retention rate or our churn rate or if you want to be able to answer questions around uh, when we think about two, three-year retention of our customers, how do customers do in SMB versus enterprise? Those are just a couple of the types of examples where having that information, having like the cold hard facts of uh, our SMB customers truly do churn significantly more often, or our enterprise customers truly do have really high three-year net revenue retention rates and they continue expanding past year one. Knowing the answers to those can help you completely change how you think about where you want to focus all your efforts. And that can have just ripples of impact over the years to come. Uh, because you're gonna, if you make the right decision, that's going to make everything a lot easier. And if you make the wrong one, it's going to make everything significantly harder. So those are the types of things that we help customer, our customers understand really well. Uh, and those are the things that should drive the strategic that it's strategic direction of the company yeah well it's god you're what what the executive team needs to do is be able to tell the story 
of the company and how it helps customers in a unique and special way, how big that market is and uh, how well you're doing against that theory of, of that, that hypothesis about how the company should be doing and having the metrics tell you what those are. And like you said, with looking backwards, but also inform you on making this decisions for going forward because you are a listener, right? You live in a competitive market where there's many competitors and how are you going to differentiate yourself and do better than them? And sometimes life's a game of inches. How are you going to make better decisions and outmaneuver them? All of these things help you with doing driving the strategic benefit for the company. And, you know, this is good theory that we're talking about, Siddharth. It's a little bit of how do you act on it? So what are some of the concrete challenges you see from companies trying to track and analyze their SaaS metrics? Oh, I have a, I, I have tons of war stories and scars of doing this in my last business. As to um, our listeners, to, oh my God, that's why they're listening. Right? Um, to give you uh, just like a high level and broad strokes overview, um, we basically every, uh, twice a week at, towards the end of the quarter and every week the rest of the time, we would go to all our other systems uh, and download these spreadsheets, like uh, th these like, sort of um, CSVs, which contain data in a bunch of different formats. And then someone would literally go in and take our master Google sheet and import each one of these things and then edit out any of the bad data that came out of it, because there's always some bad that data to fix, uh, to edit out. Some of it change some of the bad data to fix it, um, and then retransform all of this all in a big giant spreadsheet um, from each of those various data sources. So this is like a couple of times a week, right? And then from there, adjust all our formulas to make sure that they're capturing the new data, and then make sure that the, form, uh, the calculations look right. And guess what? Because there's a human being doing this, like half the time, there would be some mistake or another. And you kind of just lived with the fact that like you, you were hoping to be right about your metrics rather than were totally right about your metrics. Um, we, we find that most people can relate to this and I imagine um, your audience can as well, where you kind of like, every time you do that spreadsheet, you have that feeling in your gut, you know, like the butterflies in your stomach going like, this might be totally wrong. Um, and, and what are you going to do? You can't check every one of the hundreds of thousands of cells in that thing. So you kind of just have to live with it. Um, it's, it's a terrifying feeling to think that, you know, you're, you're working on your business and it's like tens of millions of ARR, right? Um, and you're trying to make a big decision about it. And you're hoping that nowhere in those hundreds of thousands of cells did you forget like a plus sign or like forget to make the formula cover the right range. That's that's the problem, um, and that's what, that's sort of the status quo of how most folks figure out the subscription information. Um, so that's almost. I would say like 95% of the time, that's what we see companies doing. Uh, the one exception is we sometimes see at um, public companies who have an extremely mature technological and IT infrastructure, we see them doing something a bit more sophisticated um, using, a, uh, usually by dedicating a team of data engineers and data scientists to it. Uh, but that's really the only other alternative. Well, it's just incredible, like trying to put all those pieces together on how our business is um, ramping up. And but those challenges are just so there on the amount of when you got data from disparate systems. And like you said, transformation or cleansing and pulling it all together. I mean, I, I, 
I'm sure everyone's can nod their head right now. The average uh, number of our customers, average number of integrations is about seven to applications and then pull data into us to be that single source of truth across like expense management and AP automation and payroll and everything else and pulling it all in in order to have it all in one place where you know it's audited and clean in order to be able to tell it. So it's, those are some very astute things you pointed out for people. But so, but then let's, let's make all this a little bit even more actionable for everybody who's listening. What's the level deeper you see the best finance leaders go with their B2B SaaS metrics? Yeah, it feels like we live in a golden age for um, CFOs in that it feels like the world is sort of seeing that a great CFO is not simply someone who, um, you know, passes, gets gets you to pass audits um, and keeps you compliant, uh, but rather a great CFO truly can drive uh, better decision making across the company. Um, and if you're, uh, if you're in a company which uh, I, I feel like more and more companies are starting to view that world that way, um, which is such a such a like an incredible privilege to be in in sort of that world. And what that allows the best finance leaders to do is to be able to not just look at and report out on data, but then be able to like ask questions of it. Um, these can be questions like. Um, segmentation oriented questions like, you know, SMB versus mid-market versus enterprise customers or um, customers in financials versus customers in IT versus customers in um, retail or something like that. So it it allows sort of segmentation based questions. It allows uh, finance leaders to ask uh, ROI and efficiency related questions. And all of these things mean that they can like really get the business as a whole to perform better. Um, to, make, to make it even more concrete, uh, a business where the finance leader spends a lot of time working with the sales and marketing leadership to help them and the business understand what the ROI of their sort of um, uh, go-to-market activities is. Uh, that's a business that's going to be significantly more successful, especially in a world like the one we live in where you know 2022 has been sort of this, was sort of this year of, um, change in how people saw efficiency and the importance of efficiency as a business. And the, the business that has a finance leader that really helps drive that is going to just be a, such a more successful business than one that doesn't. So that's where I think like finance leaders, the modern finance leader is this um, is a strategic leader who can impact the business in such a more meaningful way than historically finance leaders sort of had the license to. Um, And I personally find that so exciting uh, because that means that these businesses are going to have a voice in the room that is sort of the voice of data and the voice of evidence. Um, And that is something that every business really needs. Um, And so that's why I'm super excited to be working with these strategic finance leaders, because supporting that as a mission is is something that really gets me jazzed up. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's so true. I had a great CFO of ours say, a client of ours say, CFOs are now the business model architects. And you need great data in order to pull that together. And to our first question we talked about is how you pull the executive team together. So everyone's looking at the same data. And we've run several surveys and put out a lot of content about what are the five tips upon how which to build your finance tech stack. 
in order to best have the data in one place to be able to look forwards and backwards on what your key metrics are in order to push it out. So it's uh, just go to our website and Google on all that stuff. Cause there's as much as um, Siddharth just talked about operationalizing it. There's uh, those insights and further are uh, in our blog and, um, and if just Google on five tips for uh, recession proofing your finance tech stack. There's a whole set of work out there on, on covering all of it. Well, gosh, we covered some great ground today. A little bit what the genesis was for your company, how teams come together, challenges they run through, going a level deeper on actualizing this. Anything else you want to share with the audience before we wrap up? Um, the the biggest message I just have is uh, for finance leaders to um, take the opportunity and step up and really be that business model architect that, that you described them as. Um, yeah. I think it's an incredible opportunity. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Siddharth. And thank you for all of you for joining us today. Please don't make today a one-time event. Join the Modern SaaS Finance Slack community at bit.ly slash modern SaaS finance, bit.ly slash modern SaaS finance, all one word. That's where hundreds of your peers are talking about fundraising, business models, metrics, building a great team and things that we discussed today. And if you enjoyed today, subscribe to our podcast. Spotify came back and said it's the 15, top 15, in the top 15% most shared uh, podcasts in the business management category. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners for all that. We we'll welcome you joining the community with us. We're available on all the major streaming platforms. Sadar, thank you. Any final thoughts uh, for our audience? Um, just the... Uh... No, no, no additional thoughts. I Thanks. guess I kind of on me covering that all up with the, the, the comments a few minutes ago. Well, um, a few moments ago. It was great having you. Everybody, thank you very much for joining. Everybody, please have a great day.